The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the 60 frames per second and 4K of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who ensures our show is smooth. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Oh, you know, I'm okay. Uh, I've... <laughs> <laughs> Ready for uh, the oversharing portion of the show? Uh, Might as well start the show that way. As well, right? Uh, I have I have sunburn on both of uh, my nipples, <laughs> so things <laughs> okay, could be better. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure where this was going to be going, yeah. but okay. I don't know if it's uh, an old age thing that's never happened to me ever. I'm not old by any means, but old aging thing uh, that has never happened in my life, and now it has happened two years in a row, <laughs> and. Yeah, it's pretty unpleasant whenever you move half of an inch anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, so, yeah. I, so it seems that, you know, you didn't learn from when this happened last time. <laughs> I just, it it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I just, I'm so used to not having it not happen that, it, you know, 30 some odd years of not practicing uh, I just put suntan lotion just, I don't even want, uh, not suntan lotion, sunscreen. <laughs> it's just an odd thing that has happened, uh, again, but yeah, it's been hot here. So, um, uh, you know, we're just, I mean, I'm not going anywhere. We're just sitting in the yard in the, you know, getting sun. Right. It just kind of happens. You don't pay attention and boom, you get some sunburn. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I, you know, am fortunate that that has never happened to me that I can recall, <laughs> but I also basically never take my shirt off. Oh, so, well, I don't wish it upon anyone. <laughs> that's good to know. That's good to know. So, other than, uh, you know, some sunburn issues, <laughs> yeah. things going okay otherwise? Uh, things are okay. You know, things, you know, things are, things are things. Uh, I mean, this isn't the, Woe is Josh's life podcast. Um, I will. I guess I can share my target story from today. <laughs> I think you should share your target story from today. It's a pretty good one. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be. Uh, I had so many opportunities to be very mad, and I just it's not worth it, especially now. Uh, anywho, so today Marvel villain is released. I was looking forward to it all week, uh, counting down of the days, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, usually Target has a problem of putting these games out early, so I didn't even go in looking for them because I knew I wouldn't be able to buy it. Right. So, um, I got up early to, well, I was already up. I, I left early to go to Target, uh, for just after the, when they opened and, um, I drove to a, a further Target away from us. So it's about, just about a 20 minute drive out, you know, then 20 minute drive back, um, because it's a cleaner, nicer store than our local ones, um, you know, inner city and then small town targets, big difference. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so we get there, and of course, shockingly, no villain is to be seen on the shelf, nowhere, check the end caps, all that fun stuff. Uh, so I find a nice young kid who's working, stocking shelves, and I ask him, I show him, for before I left the house this time, I made sure I checked the Target app, and it said it was in stock. Mm-hmm. It literally, every Target, like 15 Targets within the app's range that it shows me stores. All of them say in stock, but none of them let you um, pick it up in the store. You All you, all of them, you had to go in and, and pick it up. Um, to be clear, I could have just ordered this on Target's website, right? And got it right. Friday. It would have showed up Friday or maybe later, depending on how things <laughs> go. But I wanted it for today to play it, to talk about it. Uh, so that was my plan. So we went out as a family Know, to get some other things to target to while they were there. And, you know, the kid says, um, oh, yeah, okay. Um, it says we have three on the floor. Uh, I don't see any, you know, we have all, I have, I have like all of these carts. And he, he, you know, shows me this car- carriage thing he's putting boxes away from opening and putting away. Um, it's, it, you know, they're probably one of these repack boxes and, and uh, you know, I just, I, I wouldn't know which one to look in. Mind you, it's a new release, and it would have its own box from Ravensburger. Um, he's like, but if you want to check back, uh, you know, in a few hours or maybe tomorrow, maybe I'll have come by it and put it out on the shelf. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> That's nice. So we continue our shopping because I kind of expected that was going to happen. And then we drive back home, and we stop at the Target closest to my house. Mm-hmm. This was a different experience. <laughs> this was – it's how they had it in stock. They clearly did not have it on the floor. I found a, a woman stocking in the board game aisle, uh, stocking board games. And I asked her about the same question. And she looked at it. She didn't even look it up to see if they had it in stock. She just looked at my phone. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Um, but I know it is. I know it's a new release. So maybe check back in a week or two when we have all our new planos set. And I <laughs> was shocked i have never heard anything happening like that before (laughs) insane so i'm angry but i'm not gonna let it ruin my day so i i just fine i'm not you know i'll check back later so i tweet i'm angry (laughs) at target (laughs) attack raffensburger and then and then kevin austin helps me up by re like commenting about raffensburger and how bad target has been with their releases Mm-hmm. So Ravensburger t- tweets back. Uh, instead of like saying like, you know, uh, sorry about Target, they go, it's also available on Amazon.com and at your friendly local game shop. And I go, oh, cool. And I replied, it's not available on Amazon.com. In fact, if you want to buy one, you have to buy it from a third-party seller for $53 plus $13 shipping. Oh, goodness. <laughs> And I said, and I said, I have a funny feeling, but uh, I'm going to guess my local friendly local game shop doesn't have it either. Um, and then I tagged them, and then I, and they did not respond. So Ravensburger replied, "Oh, well, that should not be the case with Amazon. <laughs> let us let me contact our people and let me get back to you." They never got back to me on the Amazon thing, which I didn't expect them to. Um, so we were we got back to the house after. Um, um, being out, and I checked on my phone, and oh, all of a sudden, Target app lets you pick up in store. Mm-hmm. And then it was showing again all stores available. So I clicked on that same store that I like to go to, and I ordered it. 
Right. Not, I, not only did it, it created two orders and charged me twice, uh, oh, nice. which I was able to cancel one. I got an email um, within an hour saying, hey, your order's ready for, to, to be picked up. And I was like, awesome. So I got dressed, got in the car, drove back out to the 20-minute-away target. So I've I've spent 80 minutes in my like tra- of travel to go to this target today. <laughs> and I get there, and I pick up my order, and the girl brings it out. She hands me the bag, and it's the Disney Villainous Scar Expansion. <laughs> And that I'm like, yeah, hey, um, this isn't what I ordered. So then she refunded it, but she refunded the villainous expansion price and not, not the, the price of yeah. what I paid for. So then that happened. Then she's like, did you want to go into the section and grab it? Uh, we have three in stock. She said, <laughs> I said okay, <laughs> I'll go grab it. No, not on the shelf. I asked another young girl over there. She's like, oh, my, um, let me let me find out. It should be out on the floor. She goes, talks to her manager. She comes back. I just talked to my manager. You know, he told me we actually have 20 of them, but they're on a pallet somewhere and we just don't know where in the pallet they are. Um, but he said, if you wanted to give us your number, we'll call you. I, I said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just order it online. Uh so, needless to say, I did not get my game today. Um, Ravensburg was real nice, and they reached out to me, and they're sending me uh, what would have been their Gen Con promo pin, I guess. For, That's for, nice. I guess. Um, and they said that they they imply that they've been having issues with customer service today from Target in their um, DM to me, um, saying they were gathering all of the information from, from Target uh, customers today. Uh, so yeah, another big letdown. Um, I'm happy this isn't necessarily a Target exclusive. I think it just right. is the easiest place to find it. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, I'm gonna do my best to get it at my local friendly local game store this week if they have it. Right. Um, but this is you know unfortunately a, a purchase out of necessity. Like obviously I don't need it, but I want it, mm-hmm. and the only place I'm probably gonna be able to find it is Target via their online from their warehouse (laughs) right Uh, well and you know you could say maybe it was with covid and everything going on that hey maybe things just aren't going super smooth sure but this isn't the only time this has happened with them so it makes it really hard to cut them that slack also as my cousin put it because of covid I have gone into their stores multiple times today and they didn't and they want you to avoid going in stores and they didn't right. want to just look for right. this product while I was already there in the store, yeah, <laughs> protecting myself. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's very frustrating. Um, my frustrations are because I worked retail, and uh, anytime a customer asked for anything, I would if my computer said I had something in stock, never mind twenty of one thing, uh, even if it was three. Uh, right. I would look for it as as hard yep. as I could, you know, and I, you know, I can't speak to the back of their store, but they also had, I don't know, 35 employees on the clock while I was in the building. Someone could right. have looked. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I remember my time working retail as well. There were many times where I was literally climbing on shelves of back stock, yeah. trying to figure out where something was. So, you know, things, and maybe that wasn't the safest thing, but I was trying to find the thing for the customer. Yeah. So. You're just doing... 
you know what so my response to target which i have not heard back from yet even though they asked me to dm them and now right. they're just not replying um i did say i don't know is if is customer service dead because i felt more like a nuisance today than i did a customer so right. uh it was a little it was a it was very frustrating but i didn't want it to ruin my day uh, so i didn't let it ruin my day <laughs> that's good that's very good uh funny this is a similar situation but different we were buying some wood this weekend and there was a particular pre-glued uh like tabletop desktop wherever you want to look at it um that my partner has been kind of eyeing and, and waiting until this got back in stock because she's building a desk since she's gonna be working at home so much more and she's crafting and woodworking all that good stuff so she's been building herself a new desk and she's really been waiting for this tabletop to get back in stock finally back in stock at our local store uh, so she asks them, okay, if I pre if I pay for this online, you know, it says that this item would be self-picked, which basically means that you pay for it. But then when you show up, the sh- up at the store, you have to go get the item and then bring it to the register and show your confirmation email of saying, hey, look, I did this thing and they check you out that way. So her question was, she called the store because there was only one. <sighs> so she calls the store and says, okay, here's my question. If I So this is a self-pick item. So if I buy it, but we're not going to get there for a few hours, what happens if it isn't there? Right. And they're like, well, I guess we would just refund you. <laughs> She's like, okay, so I'm going to buy, I'm going to give you money for this thing now, but you're going to give someone else the chance to buy it yeah. before I get there? Yeah. Like, what sense does that make? <laughs> and I was like, you know, that that is really a really unique situation. And their response was, well, we don't have a place to stage items like this because it's so large. Yeah totally get that i 100 percent understand that you don't have all the space in the world you also could easily affix something to said item that says it's sold. a sold sticker which right. most businesses have <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing you could do yeah so i just so i mean it wasn't a huge deal it was totally there but i was just like that's so bizarre to me that literally you can buy a thing and if you don't get there soon enough, they'll just let someone else buy it. Customer service <laughs> is like, dead, Kyle. <laughs> it's not even asking for them to hold it for us. Like, we have already given you the you money bought for it. You it already, yeah. <laughs> right. But if someone else buys it and leaves with it first, they're the ones who get it. So, <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Anyway. Yeah, Josh. I know. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. So, dear listener. Thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of plays of video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it as well. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. Back to the typical rigmarole this week. Each of us have three topics. Josh, why don't you kick it off? What is your topic number one? <laughs> Sorry, I already forgot. Is my number two my number one or is my number your three? Your number two is your number one, okay. yes. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Uh, okay, it's not necessarily a huge topic. We'll probably be able to to make up for our um, our, our stolen IRL segment from Flux to Post uh, <laughs> for this one. Uh, but in 
what has just, I think, become the annual um, is this what Kyle predicted article. Uh, it's close. I don't know that it's where we where you were landing, but um, Asmodee has yet again acquired a new company. Um, I guess co- company is, is a way to, to describe it, right? Studio, yeah, I guess. They're a publisher. Yeah, a game publisher. publisher. Okay, so Asmodee uh, has... has uh, uh, acquired Libelud, I believe is how you pronounce it, or Libelud. Um, you would know them from very well-known and award-winning board games such as Dixit, Mysterium, and Dice Forge, to name a few. Uh, they were founded in 2008. Um, uh, let's see. This is from the DiceTowerNews.com. Uh, there's a, uh, a quote from the company. It says, For 12 years, we have been developing innovative games to inspire people's imagination to share and dream, ultimately leading to the creation of unique universes. The Asmodee Group is a partner with whom we have been working since the beginning of our adventure and would share our values. We are very proud of the Lebelude. Joins the great Asmodee family with many exciting new projects ahead of us. So, how big is this to you? Uh, are we going to see uh, more more versions of Dixit? Dixit hasn't, uh, at least when I was playing Dixit, it was not very easy to find at least the base board game. Uh, usually you could, like, cause actually there is like a board board inside Dixit, but not all of the games have that. Most of them are just decks of cards. Um, so I'm real curious uh, what you think. Do you think we're going to get reprints? Do you think we're going to get expansions? Um, and I know Dice Forge is pretty highly loved, and they have one expansion. Out. How do you feel about this um, acquisition? I think this is a really big acquisition, actually, when you think of, the quality of games that they have, the top games ranked from Libelude on BGG are Seasons, yeah. Dixit, Mysterium, Dice Forge, and Lords of Zidit. They also do so Obscurio you, and Otis. Yeah, so when you think of just, uh, I really no. think this is kind of their big acquisition for the year. This is a company where Dixit is a game that even more casual people who are into board games have likely played. Mysterium is kind of becoming an evergreen game that is always available or often available for purchase that most people have and really encourage folks to have as part of their collection because it is a unique, fun uh, game that is very easy to learn and a lot of people enjoy it. And Dice Forge has really, you know, come a long way and, and is a very fun, interactive game that folks are really enjoying. So I think for Asmodee, this is a huge acquisition for them. It fills i don't want to say fills in because i don't know that asmodee's catalog had a ton of gaps in it (laughs) they had uh some they pretty well covered most styles of games but these are really just they're now having some more major hitters uh that are in their portfolio and i think their portfolio at this point is pretty hard to deny you know if you take the if you would say, okay, you can have Asmodee or the rest of the industry. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and I, I think it's still the bright pick is still the rest of the industry, but it, Asmodee has so much now under their umbrella that it's hard to deny that it, it just doesn't seem this train is slowing down. And I, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to see a ton more acquisitions this year from them, but, you know, this is the biggest one of the year and they've had a couple other smaller ones. I, I think that's what they trade is just going to keep rolling. What are your your thoughts? Do you think this is a good pickup? I mean, it's, it's a great pickup for sure. I didn't know they also did one key, uh, which is apparently very beloved as well. 
Um, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's great for them. They also have Looney Quest, which is a great kids game. So I hear. Um, I'm st- I still love Dixit. I think the challenge with Dixit is finding the right group of people to play with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it shows. I mean, I think more than anything, something we always wonder about is what is it like to um, have Asmodee be your boss or own right. you? I think that this speaks more to um, po- more positively to Asmodee as far as mm-hmm. people are trusting them with their with their properties. So um, I think that that's great for Asmodee, and it's and it's great for gamers who want to play these games because they all mo- most definitely reproduce more of these games at least the ones that maybe aren't available as readily absolutely well there you go asmodee continuing to pick up publishers left and right uh my first topic we're going to stick in the board game realm here because i know we have some heavy video game stuff at the end we're going to talk about sticking in the board game realm uh, the Spiel des Jahres winners have been announced, and we talked a few episodes ago about the Spiel des Jahres nominees being announced, uh, but now they have officially declared the winners of the 2020 Spiel des Jahres. Uh, over on ICV2, they kind of give you a brief breakdown. Uh, the coveted Spiel des Jahres, or Game of the Year, went to Pictures, which is published by BD Verlag and Rio Grande Games, designed by Daniela Stora and Christian Stora. Uh, if you didn't recall, the nominees for the Spiel des Jahres were My City, uh, Nova Luna, and Pictures. So Pictures is the one who took the victory there. Josh, any thoughts on Pictures winning the Spiel des Jahres? Now, this is probably the first year, that, at least since we've been doing this podcast, that I I find myself at a complete like lack of knowledge on two of the three categories. <laughs> right. No, I hear you. I definitely hear you. So... Uh, if you watch, as we have encouraged you to do, if you watch the Game Master documentary, they talk about the impact of winning the Spiel des Jahres and yes, what that means <laughs> for uh, the folks who designed the game, the folks who published the game. Uh, you know, and this is literally uh, potentially a couple hundred thousand sales will come from uh, just this winning this o- award. So that's huge for pictures. Again, I, I've heard of it. I don't know anything about the game really. <laughs> Because uh, I'm not kind of in the same boat that you are, Josh, is that the only even nominee I really knew much of anything about was Nova Luna. Um, and I know my city, since it's a Kinesia game, definitely had some love for it. But uh, kind of surprised a little bit that Pictures was the one that took it out. Uh, the Kennerspiel des Jahres, or the Enthusiast Game of the Year, this year went to the space traveling game The Crew, uh, produced by Thames and Cosmos and designed by Thomas Singh. Uh, the nominees for that category were the cartographer, the crew, and the king's dilemma. I think the yeah. king's dilemma seemed to kind of be the hotness, the one that I thought might take it. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the crew, Josh, winning the Kenner Spiel? Uh, I think we kind of, well, I kind of suspect that it would just from um, board game Twitter and word of yeah. mouth, Facebook and stuff. But I, I was really hoping that the king's dilemma won so I could use it as an excuse to add it to my. Um, Kennerspiel collection. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense for sure. So again, another big win there for the crew. And then finally the Kinderspiel des Jahres. So the kids game uh, was awarded to Speedy Roll by Lifestyle Board Games and Pietnik. Um, it's a game for four players, ages four and up, designed by Ertis Solnaxis. <laughs> I'm going to say I nailed that. Yeah, nailed uh, it. And the, <laughs> the other nominees this year were Photofish and We Are the Robots. 
Um, so again, all thanks to ICV2 and Jeffrey Dom Sanchez for that story. Uh, Josh, speedy roll. You have kid. You have a kid. I do. Do you want to play? Do you want to play speedy roll? I don't know. <laughs> we just played Candyland for the first time, so uh, we'll see. And now we have <laughs> Olaf's trouble. Trouble. Yeah, problematic trouble. Kyle, this oh, one's okay. pretty interesting. You play. You freeze the pieces. Uh huh. You put and then and you put Olaf together. The middle of his body is ice. And then as you pop the trouble thing, the person who wins the game is the last person not for uh, the last person to melt. But inside the thing is a number die and then a picture die. And they have you set up a container that has uh, cold water on one part and salt on the other part. And if you get a snowstorm, you dump salt on one of your opponent's pieces. Okay. To try to melt them. And then if you get the one with water, you can dump the water on any of your opponent's pieces. It's in a plastic trouble board. It's actually pretty genius when I was looking at it. <laughs> wow, okay. So a speedy roll can take a backseat to uh, the $6 <laughs> clearance game I got at Target. <laughs> is that what you got instead of uh, Marvel Villainous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah was that? that was a really disappointing it yes. Is. So- Sorry, it was a weird. It just that's how my brain works. We talk about kids' games, and it made me think of that. No, Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know any of these games, but we we ended up buying, um, going with the uh, who makes Rhino Hero Haba Haba. We went with a bunch of Haba games for him at first. Um, We figured those would be the best to like bridge that gap between. Well, Candyland and regular board games that are, well, now regular board games. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, yeah, it's a big, you know, big <clears> congratulations <throat> to all the winners. This is, you know, a life-changing thing to win a Spill the Stars. Uh, I feel a little bad that I don't know these games as well this year because, like you said, traditionally, you know, the Spill the Stars and the Ke- uh, Kenner Spiel, uh, I typically have a pretty solid idea about, you know, the Kinder Spiel since I don't have kids. I don't just pay as much attention to that area. But, you know, this is definitely my big gray area for spill the artists this year but hey congratulations to the winners uh to pictures the crew and speedy roll uh, like i said this is a big thing for them so congratulations there all right josh what is your second story well it's not as positive <clears throat> uh okay so we talked about ubisoft's um event last week or was it two weeks ago two weeks ago oh boy we talked about it recently <laughs> um but what we didn't talk about, uh, we or we briefly talked about, was um, on the eve, I guess, or the, the leading days up to this event, there was a big shakeup um, at Ubisoft where they let go a lot. Uh, well, they, they didn't let te- technically let go. I think they put them on leave. Um, a bunch of um, uh, higher-ups in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I wanted to ask you, um, what does it... So I want to talk about what we think this means for Ubisoft. Um, do we think this is still happening in other studios and companies, kind of like what happened in Riot? Um, and who is to blame? And the reason why I say who is to blame is there is an article in Eurogamer mm-hmm. where um, they kind of sort of put this all on Eves. And I didn't mm-hmm. know necessarily how I felt about it. But um, what I thought I would do is... Um, tell you what his financial um, analyst, Ken Arump, um, 
said to, to Eves, he said, um, I could present the question on what's happening recently as three options. Either as a CEO, you didn't know this was happening, which was not great. Or perhaps you didn't know enough and should have asked more. Maybe that's the answer. Or you knew, which of course would not be good. Those are my possibilities. And then he said, you may answer the question differently, but I would like that you answer to the question of responsibility as a CEO. And before we even talk about that, I'll say what Eve's response was. He said, each time we've had, uh, we have been made aware of this conduct, we have made actually tough decisions, and we made sure those decisions had a clear and positive impact. So that's very important. It has now become clear that certain individuals betrayed the trust I placed in them and did not live up to Ubisoft's shared values. Uh, I have never compromised on my core values and ethics and never will. I will continue to run and transform Ubisoft to face today's and tomorrow's challenges. Now, this, um, Tom Phillips is the guy who wrote this article. I'm going to leave his up um, thoughts out of here, but based on those three questions and his answer, do you think, like, <laughs> did he answer any of those questions? And do you think, what do you think his responsibility as CEO is, uh, especially with a large company like Ubisoft? I can't imagine he sees or hears every complaint that goes through like HR. Maybe he should, maybe he does. Um, but there's a lot of people and I've also worked for a lot of places with not necessarily the greatest HR. Right. Well, you know, this is actually something I've been thinking about since all of this kind of happened and a lot of people high in the company, but ease number himself at this point that I'm aware of has had any accusations against him specifically. But I have wondered a lot about what he must have known or not known. Because realistically, when you look at the level of people in the company who are being released or let go or fired or however you want to look at it, they're people who report directly to him. Yeah. Yep. Chief creative officer, head of HR. These are people who the, there is no one between the line between them and Eves. Like that is it. It is is him to them. And in some ways, you have to say, as the CEO and co-founder, the buck stops with him, right? I think his brother, I think, is the other co-founder. I could be wrong, but I think is it. I think it is a quote-unquote family business. Yeah. So, my my big question I wonder about this is, maybe there's nothing they can do in the sense of maybe Eves just has so much stock in the company that if they tried to remove, like if the board tried to remove him. He could just outvote them because he has so much stock. Right. You know, I, I don't know if that's true. I have no idea if that's true. But I do wonder if he just has that much power because there has been no comment at all about him in any danger of his position. And you have to think with the severity of the accusations and the level of the people who have left, the fact that there has been no change in CEO is kind of surprising, isn't it? Yeah, usually that's the first person you see take like the the knife or right. the dagger or fall on their sword. I, I I don't want to lessen what is going on at Ubisoft. Um, I'm not trying to say like poor Eves. I'm just trying right. to understand maybe the questions that were posed to him by um, uh, his uh, financial analyst. Uh, but I, I am curious. So something that he said that made me feel weird was 
<clears throat> when you said it has now been become clear that certain individuals betrayed the trust I placed in them, it doesn't necessarily sound like <laughs> it doesn't necessarily sound like he didn't know what was going on. It may it makes it maybe like in my head, and of course it's outsider looking in. It sounds like to me like something was brought up to him and he tried to course correct it and it didn't get course corrected. But obviously that could be totally off base. Um, but yeah. it's just a weird statement to make with the questions that he was given. Yeah. And when I read that, to me what that means, I think it seems like that maybe Ease was just a little more aloof yeah. and a little more trusting potentially. Maybe and just too trusting. people at their word. That, oh, things are going great. Oh, yeah, there's no issues with this. Everything is good. Maybe everyone around him was so... I don't, they they just said, we're just yes people, that everything is good, yes, 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 things are great, whatever. And that's a possibility, and I think that's where the question of, you know, where Ken Rump says, quote, either as CEO, you didn't know what was happening, which was not great. Like, if you're the boss, and all these people are just lying to you, and you have no inkling that there's anything wrong, and you just think everything is great, that is problematic, right? It is. I 100% agree. And... With what came out this week about Assassin's Creed, he must have known something, right? So they came out this week where they were they were told to like write a less interesting character for um, Cassandra, yep. um, and I'm not even sure if if that happened, like because I played as her. So I'm like, what the parts of the game that I have played, I don't even necessarily know if they really took out a game experience for me because I didn't play as both characters. And I imagine with a game that big, something like that might wouldn't have gone noticed unless someone at Ubisoft spoke up. Unless someone right. played 180 hours and then went and played 180 hours of the other character. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because... You know, the though Serg Hascott, or however you say his name. Yeah, who, I don't know. I've been avoiding left, <laughs> Yeah. He, he was the chief creative officer, so he's the one who greenlit all those things, and he's the one who supposedly said, no, you can't have a just female-led game. Women don't sell. And, you know, I think pretty universally everyone has agreed that Cassandra is just the better character in that game. And every and, every good game in the past four years has right. almost had a female lead. <laughs> right. And maybe... You know, maybe because the people who were making the game intended her to only be the only lead, so they had a lot more care and they had put a lot more work into that than uh, the male who can't remember what the character's name is. Uh, maybe that's why he, he was so not great was because they were like, well, we have to do this, so I guess we'll begrudgingly make this happen, but we're not just as passionate about making his character as we were about Cassandra's because that's who we wanted to be in that role. And by all accounts, like I said, that's, that's why I played the game as, and she was great. I loved Cassandra. She was awesome. Yeah. So I'll be really interested to see where this goes. I think ease is in a, is in a tricky situation because for better, or for worse, you know, being the CEO in the end, it's his responsibility, right? In the end, all these things happen on his watch. And the fact that, you know, this really is the only person who has asked him tough questions about, what was your role in this is kind of surprising. And like I said, I wonder if there's something else there where the reason no one's asking anything is because they just know that unless Eves himself chooses to leave, there's no way he could be forced out. I'm, I don't know if that's true. I have no idea. But I, I'm kind of wondering if that's why everything is just, there's not a lot of questions being asked of him about that. Ubisoft is in a tough spot right now in general. So it'll be interesting to see 
yeah, what happens with all this. Um, but let's hope they're not. Let's hope they're the last of this, these company things. I mean, I'm afraid it's not going to be. But, yeah, I don't think um, it's going to. It, it just, I don't know. You hate to see this stuff happening. Uh, I'd rather right. see more crunch stuff um, than this. <laughs> um, uh, will this impact any of your decisions about buying Ubisoft games? Uh, you know, it's such a tough question. I don't think so because so many people, the work is reflected by the people that make it, not necessarily right. the bosses who are inflicting these terrible things on them. I right. think we talked about this with, oh shoot, what game did we talk about this with? Um, maybe God of War. I don't remember. Last we were talking, of Us 2. Maybe, uh, maybe even Last of Us 2. I think it was before that. There was a game where some some bad stuff was happening and, and I think it just came down to the fact that we, we want to support the people who make, oh, we're talking about Machi Koro Legacy, I think. So we still oh, want to support yeah, we were. Yep. people who work on these things and um, one bad apple shouldn't spoil the, what is the phrase, the bunch, the batch. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's a bummer and they did the right thing by... Well, they should have fired all these people already, but they just suspended them currently. But I'm sure firing will be in order, hopefully. And hopefully these people don't get to go work somewhere else in the gaming industry or anywhere, really, uh, where they have the ability to to do what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you see... Do you remember Philip Mewson? Yes, yeah, I did see. Did you see he's back or trying to be back? (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting attempt. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) That is not my story. Uh, nor is that, or did you see all, also, did you see all of the Nintendo leaks? No, I didn't see that. So a whole bunch of uh, early information about Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and I think even N64 games, like source code for the original games, leaked yeah. and is available online. And people are kind of mining it for a whole bunch of information. The big thing being like that. Luigi was um, trending for a while because uh, it turns out Luigi was like in Mario 64 like they had created him <laughs> on, and he's in the game but they just never like put him in the game and all that good stuff so there's a lot of information about that I, I really don't know how I feel about the Nintendo thing um, and I'm not neither of us are huge Nintendo people so I didn't put it as a story this week but it, it's, out, it's out there if you want to go learn about it I'm sure Nintendo Shack has talked about it or will talk about it a ton uh, so just you know something to be aware of so all right. So, <laughs> talking about other staffing changes, but this time in the board game world, and yeah. staffing changes meaning the development of a new board game studio. So, that's also from ICV2. Milton Gripe over there talks about the new studio Quill, Sil- Quill Silver. Man, I don't know why that's so hard for me to say, but I struggle with saying Quill Silver. Quill um, Silver. So, two former Starling Games staffers and a third creative have formed Quill Silver Studio, a new development house offering publishing services for tabletop games. Uh, the founders are Brenna Noonan, Dan May, and Greg May. So, the Mays are the co creators of Polyhero Dice, which raised over a million dollars in three Kickstarters. Uh, Dan May is a developer and product designer of things like Everdell, Black Orchestra, and War of Whispers. Greg May has contributed graphics to Wingspan, Everdell, and Planetarium. And Noonan has developed titles including Everdell, A War of Whispers, and Role Player Adventures. And then also helped manage Kickstarters that have raised millions of dollars. So, Brendan Noonan, Dan May, Greg May, forming a new studio. Yep. Thoughts, Josh? Can, can you see the egg on my face? 
I no, mean, about two months ago, yeah. I was <laughs> DMing with Brennan Noonan uh-huh. <clears throat> about being a guest on our show and, you know, pandemic life and it just never panned out. And man, what a, what a lead we would have had. <laughs> and now if I <clears throat> go message her now, it's going to really look like I'm just kissing right up to Quillsilver. <laughs> so yeah. that was a mistake on my part. But, you know, there's a lot of people I, I message constantly. And um, Elizabeth Hargrave, Tom, Tom Vassell, all planned guests that just haven't happened yet. So uh, add, add Brendan Hoonan to the list. Uh, I was very excited um, to um, – I, I chatted with her a little bit on Twitter and – she seemed very excited to come to join us and talk, um, but um, I think that was like really like at the height of the pandemic, so things were just a little bit crazy for everyone. Um, but I'm, I think that's great. Uh, uh, I mean, I, you know, I mean, we're both huge fans of Everdell, and uh, like you have three people who worked on Everdell. Uh, you have a graphic artist from Wingspan, right. like uh, someone who produced. Black Orchestra, which is a highly regarded game that I have not played yet. Um, and even Brenner being involved with role player adventures, which is something I'm super interested in and managing um, Kickstarters. I think that's a great team. Sounds like they have like the stuff to, to put together a studio and make it at least successful, um, depending on, you know, the quality of games they put out. So uh, it's exciting. More studios, better. Yeah. Period for board games, at least. <laughs> <laughs> More studios for Asmodee to purchase. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I do. I wonder what in the world happened at Starling Games because so many people left in the last six to nine yeah. months from that company. I, I really wonder what's going on there because uh, I think Brenna left back in December or January, and <clears throat> um, I think others were were not too far behind that. So I really kind of do wonder what's going over on over there, especially like I said, like or like you said, like Everdell's an amazing game, right? Like it's a game we both love. Uh seemed to be really well, you know, made and designed and produced and ah, just adore that game. So they they've starting to put out some great stuff. I just really wonder what in the world happened or happened or is happening at that studio. So I know she wasn't very happy with them recently, so I'm 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 wondering if there's more in right. depth going on at Starling. Yeah. So Definitely interested though, because the like like you've kind of said, the folks who have formed Quillsilver definitely have an eye for quality games. So definitely looking forward to what they put out. All right, Josh, on to the heavy hitters, board game listeners. At this point, if you decide not to, you know, stick around, because we're gonna have a couple pretty heavy video game topics here. Totally understand, but we appreciate you. If you do want to stick around, though, hopefully there'll be some exciting discussion. So with that, Josh. Topic number three, which was your topic number one. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember now. <clears throat> so we were treated to something on Thursday. Uh, yeah, we it, it was the, what would have been the Microsoft's E3 press conference um, with some tweaks, I'm sure, uh, where we saw, they told us we saw a lot of games. I, I don't know that I necessarily believe <laughs> <laughs> How many titles? Because I think so. I I streamed this live with PSVG with Donnie and Kevin, and near the end of the presentation, uh, so one of the guys came out. And he's like, "We showed you this many games," and we were all like, "You did." <laughs> 
It doesn't seem like you showed us that many games. Uh, but we did see a lot of games from Microsoft. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not going to get into there. Definitely are some articles and stories out there about the confusion between exclusivity to Series X and uh, uh, what that means. I think we can say definitively any Microsoft first party studio game is exclusive to Series X, which means we won't have it for at least a year, maybe longer. Because they did say well, they did say no for, no exclusives for one to two years, right? Well, they've doubled down on the two years. Okay, two years. Phil, Spen- Phil Spencer did like a week ago. Okay. Uh, and that's not totally true because Halo. But it's not exclusive to Series X, is my point. No. What Wait. did I say? No, I'm yeah, confusing you said, myself. You said that, yeah, you said that all yes. of Microsoft Thank you, Microsoft, for ex- confusing everyone. <laughs> would be exclusive to Series X. I thought I nailed I think, it, and I, was, and I, and I fumbled it right I out of the game. <laughs> probably right, other than Halo. Right, so not Halo, Halo I mean, but everything yeah, else. Yeah, but I think everything else from Microsoft Studios is exclusive to Series <clears throat> X slash okay. PC. But they, had, they have always said that it will launch with the console. So it's like the one asterisk game, supposedly. Well, supposedly. And grounded. But Grounded has already been on the X. Well, isn't it like actually in whatever next week, this week, something? I don't know. It comes out Was Tuesday. It, yeah. already? it comes out okay. Tuesday. Yeah. So technically, yeah, that I, is not a Series X game. That's an Xbox One game. Right. Yes. Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2. Is that coming on? No, that's not first party. Oh, it is now, kind of. It huh? is now, yeah. I think they're at Microsoft Studios, right? That's so confusing. Well, regardless. Well, this shows you how everyone's feeling on the internet. Uh, because we can't even nail it. Uh, because they're not making it easy. Let's start with the top of the show. Okay. <laughs> so, one of the first things we see... Well, the first thing we see is uh, is a pre-show. We did. There's an hour-long pre-show with 40 minutes of interviewing YouTubers that no one wants to hear their opinions about on games because we're here for our own opinions on games so we do see we're getting so game pass is getting dragon quest 11 s which is confusing because i was reading so s was the switch version version which comes with all the dlc but it's rendered lower. Yes it is a port of the switch version which is now being ported to the xbox yeah, they're porting the Switch version to <laughs> Xbox and PS4 and PC. Right. So you're getting so, lower graphics than yes. the PS4 version. Yes. On the Xbox One. Yes. But it has all the DLC. Right. But so is the PS4, which is the funny thing. But don't forget, games run best on X. <laughs> That's right. So I'm sure it will. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so and it's not till, oof, was it December? December, yeah. So, but you can pre-download it now, which I did. <laughs> which is so interesting. Yeah, but, it is okay. weird. But you don't really pre-download it. Really, it was like a like a placeholder. It was like a right four hundred megabyte pre placeholder. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so we talked about this on the stream. This is good for Xbox because they need that audience. Um, they need the Japanese audience. They need the RPG, the Western RPG audience. Because they don't have those games on Xbox. That's a right. PlayStation and, and Nintendo Shack area. Right. Uh, so it's a good it's a good uh, gesture. I don't think that it's enough, um, but it's a good gesture, right? It's a start. 
Do you think um, anyone in Japan is going to play? No, Dragon they've already Quest played this game a hundred times. You're right. That's not maybe not a good example for me to say, okay. but um, I think that's like you want more games like that on the Xbox. Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely helps round out uh, what most people have said is a weakness for Xbox. This definitely helps to shore up that in one of the most really long running JRPG franchises of all time. So yes. Uh, so we saw a world premiere for Exo Mecha, which is a free-to-play competitive FPS that has um, Silver Surfer surfboards, um, uh, Gundam, mechs, and yep. Mecha Dragons. Uh, and it's also, uh, yeah, like I said, an FPS. It's also a shooter. Uh, <laughs> it looked insane. It looked okay graphically. Yeah. Uh, you know, free-to-play set at all. So, I mean, it definitely is intriguing. I'll say that. Uh, caught yeah. my eye. Uh, Echo Generation, this is like a you and Kevin Austin game, I think. I think so. Uh, it's from the guys who make River, the people who make River Bond, which is a game I really enjoyed on Game Pass. Um, but it is definitely, well, they claim it. it's basically like a Stranger Things-esque uh, mystery game, but it surprised me with like t- like Final Fantasy uh, turn based combat, which was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, so I thought that looked good. Uh, yeah, it looks cool. We were we were subjected to a Hello Neighbor two trailer. Uh, I'm just Man, gonna this, skip right over that. <laughs> this game we were just talking about this not that long ago. Of like, yeah. still play Hello Neighbor, and here it is coming back for more. Maybe that's good for the board game coming out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so then we saw. Um, um, Square, Square Enix was back. Um, it it made it seem like this was a console exclusive. It is not, to be clear, but it definitely was presented that way. Um, uh, but uh, we have a, a game from the the people who made um, Sonic and also Knights or Knights into Dreams. If that's more specific for you, um, and this game is called Balan Balan Wonderland. And Wonderworld. Wonderworld, sorry. I'm they said Wonderland during the thing, yeah. and then it said Wonderworld at the end, Wonderworld. so everyone was confused. Sorry, Wonderworld. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically, if you picture Sonic Adventures from the Dreamcast and Knights, it is exactly what you're picturing. Um, throwing a little um, uh, Mario Odyssey in there, uh, and you kind of have this adventure game that looks, uh, not for me, but it's definitely a... Uh, 3D platformer uh, for people who like those kind of games. Does this interest you? I know you like the Ratchet and Clank stuff. A, a little bit. I'm moderately interested in it. I don't know that it... Uh, the presentation was just weird, which is not, I don't think, Xbox's fault at all. It seems the, like a weird just, dance game, right? Yeah, it, it was It was interesting. So I'll definitely keep my eye on it, but right now it's not quite uh, shaking my tree, if you get what I mean. I do. Um, I should have said <laughs> some of... The, some of those games, this isn't necessarily the order we saw them in. I'm going from, I'm on Kotaku. Um, if anyone wants to check it out, uh, the article is just literally called Everything Microsoft Showed During Today's Xbox Showcase. Um, and I wish I looked through this a little bit more in depth because what I wanted to talk about was something that uh, maybe a criticism I had. Um, Donnie didn't share my criticism. I think Kevin was on the same page, but... They opened with Halo. They did. And I really, really, really think they should have ended with Halo. Um, and and I, I thought Halo looked good. Obviously, the internet <laughs> disagrees with me. Um, but I thought 
at the end of our presentation, I said, you know, I, I really think Halo was the best looking thing we saw for this whole show. Uh, why open with it? Why not end with it? Because everything we saw after, I thought at least graphically, and we didn't see any real gameplay necessarily from games. I mean, we saw some gameplay, but um, to sh- start off the show with, you know, eight minutes of gameplay of your, you know, flagship game, why not end the show with that? Um, but like I said, Donnie, Donnie was fine with it. He didn't think it really hurt the presentation, which I'm sure other people would, would agree with him on that. But let's get into that Halo gameplay. Did you mark poor graphics when you saw it? Did you think it was... Uh, for me, before you answer, I'm going to answer. <laughs> for me, it just... The art style reminded me of Halo. Right. So I didn't think it looked bad. Now I'm on in the internet and I'm looking at zoomed in images and screen grabs and I'm like, oh, that looks bad. Right. <laughs> so what did you think? <laughs> when I was watching it, I thought it looked fine. Yeah. I thought it looked like Halo. And to me, for the most part, Halo has typically always looked fine. Uh, I, just the art direction and how they choose to represent this world doesn't... I don't want to say I don't like it. It just isn't, like, for me, something I fully jive with to be like, oh, this is a really amazing-looking game. Yeah. And that that just is, you know, an art direction standpoint... I did when you come out though and say, Hey, we have the biggest, baddest console ever created. Yeah. And this game was designed from the ground up for that console. I was just hoping to be wowed more than I was. Right. I and, get that, you. and like I said, and I think I don't think it looked bad. I, I just think it looked fine. Right. So the million dollar question. They say that this was off of an old PC build. If mm-hmm. that isn't true, and these graphics were what they thought were going to blow the pants off of people, or the gameplay, or whatever the, the case is, and this is more on par to where they currently are, do they delay this game to make it better? Like Sonic the Hedgehog better? That's a, that's a good question. I think that... And I meant Sonic the movie. I didn't mean Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog. No, I know, I know, yeah, I know what you meant. <laughs> I think if they don't feel like they can fix it, they might want to consider doing that. And I do think that Digital Foundry did a really great job of a lot of people have called the game, say that they think the game looks flat, which is something that I felt when I was watching. And I'm like, that's kind of what I felt. Yeah. And Digital Foundry does a great breakdown of why people think that. And if they can, and Digital Foundry actually is like, here's how you could fix this. Not that they, I'm sure 343 already knows all that information. It's not like this is a revelation to them, but they really explain like why the choices in the game that they have made have led to the look of the game as is. And that for some people, that's good, but some people just aren't going to like that as much. My more, my main concern really is, you know, and I think this is obviously something that can be fixed, but also shows that they were running it was how much like pop in and things like that there were. And that was the thing that I think was a little more surprising to me is that we were seeing that. And, you know, it is an older build, like they said. And I think that does also prove, though, that they were actually running it. Like, that was it running. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. What about you, though? Do you think that they should delay if it's going to look like this? Or what, what are your thoughts? I don't think they can. You know, they put out all this messaging about unless they delay the console. Right. And that would be crushing to them in the quote-unquote console war. 
Right. I know that Microsoft has become a studio of service, games of service. They definitely have. Uh, but this is <laughs> crucial to them mm-hmm. to compete with the PlayStation 5. And they're just competing on different levels, right? Right. Um, and I think Devin in our Discord like summed it up best. Like, If you want choice of games and value, you get Game Pass and you get Xbox. If you want the best third-party action-adventure games you can get that you'll ever play, you get PlayStation 5, like at least right. currently. Like, And that's where we're sitting. Like, And everything else is in between. All these third-party games are in between. Um, right. You can play them on both consoles. Uh, for me, like my Xbox is used the most because I use it as my entertainment device. But right. um, what we're going to talk about after this, like kind of shows how little I've been using my Xbox. (laughs) Um, So it can change. Like that dynamic can change. So they need, they can't just put out a box that is the most powerful because you could go build a $10,000 computer right now, but you're still only playing games that a $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 computer can handle because that's all the games are out. So there's no point in owning the most powerful console if it's not taking advantage of the most powerful games. Right. And I I think that they met. Okay. So th- things that they have clarified afterwards is that this will be the, f- the last standalone Halo for some time. Yes. That Halo Infinite is a platform. And I think that that seems to be the general direction Microsoft is going. We're seeing multiple of their IP that don't have numbers anymore as they move forward. So for having something like Game Pass, you probably don't really care necessarily about having Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3. You care about Halo getting content. So if you just have a Halo and that Halo gets content, you don't need new numbered entries into it. So they've also talked about how ray tracing is a something that'll become available after launch. Right. be a patch for ray tracing. And I do think, in listening to the people smarter than me, that ray tracing would definitely have helped the situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's also interesting that in the little conversation with the studio head afterwards, they talked about how their tar- is going to be run at a silky smooth 60 frames per second. Yes. But they never mentioned resolution. That's true. So, and I, for one... Would be okay with it not being native 4K <laughs> if it run at a six, silky smooth 60 and they're able to do whatever they need to with lighting and things to kind of figure out and take care of kind of some of that flatness that the trailer seemed to to give off. Um, if that's yeah, the game we got on Xbox One, I wouldn't be mad. If that's the game we got on Series X, I would be disappointed. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of... Man, I'm saying I think a lot. Obviously, I think <laughs> this because I'm the one saying it. Uh, <laughs> there definitely... There are choices they have made about going more open world, all those things that are going to have trade-offs. Yeah. Right? So there's a lot of people who have been comparing even things like Killzone Shadowfall. Right, I saw pictures of screensho- yeah. yeah, to screenshots of this. And the, you just can't really compare Killzone has some a little more open areas but in general a more linear corridor shooter to it's also a, a cinematic is, shooter r- yeah you know it just it, those, those aren't great comparisons or really comparisons that are, seem genuine to me it, even as someone who's a PlayStation guy it, it, that to me I don't necessarily follow as being a 
great way to compare. I will admit, though, having just played The Last of Us Part Two, yeah. currently playing Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. Tsushima, it is challenging to look at <laughs> the Halo footage, even yeah. when watching the 4K trailer later and saying, wow, we really need a next generation. Next gen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's give it some props. Uh, we do see a new map. And yeah. uh, as I called it, like a Ubisoft map. Yeah. Uh, and we also find out it is going to support split screen right yep. out of the box, which is a nice return to form for Halo games. Absolutely. And something that is sadly missing from Call of Duty games still. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm glad to see that. Um, uh, moving on, we saw this cinematic trailer, um, which was very suspenseful. And mm-hmm. I immediately made the joke. Uh, State of Decay 3 um, just as a literally as a joke and Kevin's like there's no way <laughs> that there's one already and then yeah we're 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 treated to um, I guess maybe a departure for the series um, in State of Decay 3 where it looks more of uh, it's I guess it still looks like a survival sim right but you're not like dealing with maybe houses anymore and neighborhoods and streets it looks at least from the trailer you're out in the mountains and the snow and the woods with zombie dogs or wolves. Uh, I'm sure that that could still come into play. Um, but at least with State of Decay 2, it was mostly centered around like a forest town. Right. Um, but maybe maybe more, that's in the game still. It seems more than anything this was a tone piece. Yeah. I will be... If they change the formula drastically, that's fine. I never uh, besmirch companies for wanting to do that. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if this is just a tone piece and that it is going to be very similar to the the previous games. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the filler content. Uh, We saw. Wow. We saw. Filler. We saw a trailer. uh, I use that term loosely for Forza Motorsport. Uh, We didn't really see anything uh, except it's basically a title card for them. You know, hey, we're working on this. Um, we saw, we saw some nice CG for Everwild, a game that nobody knows what it is. It's Rare's next game. Yep. You are dealing with, um, nature and animals, and that's all that's clear in the game. We don't know what type of game it is. Uh, so yeah, great. It's, it could be an MMO. It could be a first person (laughs) shooter. We don't know. Uh, we saw Tell Me Why. So Tell Me Why is basically uh, the next Life is Strange game without the Life is Strange moniker, but it's by the same studio. It's going to be released in chapters. Uh, the first chapter is up on August 27th, and I believe they're going to drop a chapter each following week, or at least maybe two weeks in between. I think it's August 27th, September 3rd, and then the follow. So I think it's every week. You're going to get yep, three, three chapters. Three weeks in a row. Uh, which is great. I think that's really good for them content-wise. People can feel comfortable um, with getting the full game. Uh, I think it's only three parts. Um, you are a Life is Strange guy. You aren't. I am a Life is Strange okay. guy. I'm looking forward to this game. Okay. Uh, it looks interesting to me. It's a game, you know, I kind of wish I played the Life is Strange games. I think I just got burned out from, from Telltale that I don't really have <laughs> the willpower to go through those games anymore. Um, Hoping I don't find any game crushing resetting bugs, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, it's actually going to be 
Uh, we'll find out how problematic it is for the gaming audience as you are playing um, as a brother and sister who were raised as, well, who were born as sisters. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, hopefully we get some level-headed, open, uh, accepting gamers, but I'm sure we're going to have to deal with more Last of Us 2 people. Uh, Probably true. Probably true. <laughs> but yeah, hey, you know what? Yeah. Big props to Microsoft for funding this project. Yeah, for sure. And focusing so much time to it in the in the presentation. Right. Absolutely. We saw Ori and the Will of the Wisps is getting a Series X uh, treatment where it'll run at 120 frames per second. Cool. <laughs> and the audio is going to be better. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's really... Uh, all they could have said was optimized for Series X and moved on. But that's me being um, pessimistic at this point. Or not even pessimistic, just grumpy. Um, Grounded is coming to game preview on July 28th, so we're still not getting a full game. However, I do like that the game will be out, and I I do like when certain games do this, um, where these developers can take parts of this game and fix issues because you're basically right. everyone's basically a play tester um so i like that i'm definitely going to give this game a try and i think it'll be fun to kind of like group up with friends and try to play the game together because i'm not sure if they're going to charge for it but um usually they give you like seven day free trial on the right. early access ones so at least maybe we can have everyone like converge one day of that seven day free trial and try it together so there was a lot to me, a lot of made about the tone of this trailer, which I, yeah. I thought it was pretty humorous. It was very funny. The, the one thing that got me, though, was they make the joke about if you're looking to play the biggest game this fall, yeah. wait for Cyberpunk. You just announced at the beginning of the show, Halo. you talked about Halo. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I didn't even you think know, of it that way. Eric Greenberg in May <laughs> said that Halo was the world's most anticipated <laughs> game. And then your own internal studio is like, yo, biggest game of the year, <laughs> Cyberpunk. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that is very funny. Maybe maybe they know that Halo is not coming out this fall. <laughs> uh, we saw a trailer for DLC. <laughs> yeah, for The Outer Worlds called Peril on Gorgon. Looks cool. Um, if I had finished Outer Worlds, I'd be excited. I still want to finish. <laughs> I still want to finish Outer Worlds. Um, but that's you know that's another game with uh, pretty you know tongue in cheek humor that I enjoy. Um, so I'm excited to hear uh, of people playing it, but uh, it's gonna have to wait for me. So from what I hear is that this expansion, you are able to access it from once you get to a certain point in the game. Up until right before the save, that's like, hey, no turning back at this point. Oh, nice. So if you're somewhere in the middle, you actually probably could just play this right away. Very cool. We saw a trailer for Avowed, which is a Skyrim-esque game from Obsidian that is in the Pillars of Eternity universe. It is. Uh, people are very excited, I think, it seems. While others are calling it a Skyrim ripoff. Uh, so who knows where we'll be? Somewhere in the middle, I'm sure. <laughs> what year is that game coming out? Ooh, what a great question. Uh, they already have two games, right? Yeah. So 2022. 
Uh, I don't think 2021 is out of the question, but I mean, it's a big RPG, supposedly. Right. So 22 is not a bad guess. Yeah. I was actually thinking maybe even 23. Hey, well, if they're able to get take full advantage of the Series X architecture, like 23 wouldn't be bad either. Yeah, and I don't think that's bad. I'm not saying that as a knock on it at all. As a PlayStation yeah. fan, I'm used to games being announced, you know, six years before they come out. Uh, so I don't think that's bad at all. I just think, you know, if they're finishing up uh, DLC for The Outer Worlds, they still have Grounded on their plate. Obviously, they have shown to be a very uh, efficient studio with the size of their teams and things. But I think that, you know, after the end of this year, I could see more people transitioning to working fully on Avowed. So giving them two, three years of full development time, I think 2023 would be fine. And this really is a game that take their time. I don't think it's a huge deal. They can take as long as they want to to finish this up as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes, but this is not a game for me. Um, I just know uh, based on the type of game, which is fine. But I'm excited to hear people. I loved hearing people's Skyrim stories. So Mm -hmm. let's get some avowed ones. Uh, We have a new interactive narrative game. Uh, It's called As Dusk Falls. I can't really get behind this. Um, it just doesn't appeal to me. It, I'm sure the game is, well, I shouldn't, it's probably going to be a great game for people who want this type of, they describe it as a hybrid comic book style um, game. Uh, I just, right. I really don't like the direction of, of the art direction for it. It comes across okay. as like, those old 1990s PC games I would play. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It, you know, or like when when the action, when motion comics became a thing. Yep. And, you know, it's just uh, not for me, but the trailer looked interesting to say, like, I guess, <laughs> to, to I, give it some props. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in it. If there was a Starship Troopers, would you like to know more on this yes. game? I would have said yes. Yeah, yeah. I would have said yes. So... Uh, I'm interested. We'll see where it goes. Definitely piqued my interest, though. Cool. All right. We got a trailer for Destiny 2's Beyond Light expansion, which apparently is a, a, I don't know, a rebranding for Destiny 2 or an all-new take on their story. And, and they're adding new, they're adding, like, terraforming grenades. Reminded yep. me of, like, Red Faction. Um, uh, but the big news was uh, on the same day that Beyond Light launches, November 10th, I believe, uh, Destiny 2 and all of its existing expansions are coming, oh, September 10th, are coming to Game Pass. Yes. Now, it is unclear if Beyond Light is included in that. It is when that co- that got delayed till November. Oh, okay. So September, yep. Game Pass, Destiny 2. November, don't even bother buying Beyond Light because it's free. <laughs> it will be, on, yep, exactly. So when Beyond Light comes out in November, it will be on Game Pass. I honestly think this was probably the biggest news of the show. Yeah, I think so. Uh, because they're really, <laughs> I sorry, Google Stadia, I guess? <laughs> I yeah, because it's also say. on xCloud, yeah. Right, so uh, this to me, I'm not surprised by this news, but I do think this was definitely the in my mind, the biggest news of the show, because I don't know that I was really surprised by anything else. Everything else was things I've kind of anticipated or we had heard rumors or grumblings about. Yeah. And while Destiny 2 on Game Pass is not super surprising, I think getting all the content, all that stuff, having it on xCloud, all of that really does show that Microsoft is, is I think, trying to put the screws to Stadia as best they can. And you they're don't doing think... a pretty effective job of it. 
You don't think Destiny 2 is going to leave Game Pass in November, do you? Right before Beyond Light comes out? No, it'll stay. For I'm thinking it's going to stay for sure. Yeah. Because they even, in a press release, had released saying that they're trying to get it for PC and, and it'll be like fall of 21. Because I'm guessing there's something with Stadia that they can't do it until okay. then. Yeah. So I'm guessing that this is going to be for the long haul that Destiny 2 will be on Game Pass. Nice. We're also told it will be running 60 FPS on Series X at some point when it is optimized for X. That's which right. Which is huge for Destiny non-PC players. Yeah. Uh, and I think it also shows you know how confident they are in Halo. And it shows that there's a, a good relationship between uh, Microsoft <laughs> and Bungie. That was a joke. Again. I know, I know. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> but it does show that there's a good relationship again with Bungie and Microsoft. Well, if you give them enough money and creative freedom, everyone's going to have a good relationship. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, there was this, another surprise for me, at least, um, and it was the announcement of uh, Stalker 2 coming to PC and console. This is uh, a sequel to the original Chernobyl uh, first-person horror shooter game. Basically, if mm-hmm. you played Fear ever, yep. it's it's very similar to that, but in Chernobyl. Um, it's a very well-reviewed game for the PC, uh, the first Stalker. Uh, yeah, uh, we saw nothing of Hellblade 2, so, uh, they shouldn't have even talked about it, uh, but yeah, uh, we saw, uh, Psychonauts 2, we saw the gameplay mixed with Jack Black singing, uh, I thought it was okay, I thought it was fine, I'm not a, I didn't play Psychonauts, but I don't know that it, it, it confused me more about what the game was than anything else, uh, yeah. But I like hearing Jack Black sing, so that was nice. That is nice. Um, and then the gunk. We see the next SteamWorld game. And it's not really a SteamWorld game. It's by the people who made SteamWorld. Um, called The Gunk. It is an Xbox exclusive. Um, it's like opposite Mario Sunshine. You're sucking up goop. <laughs> yeah. Someone, I think Donnie said it was like uh, Luigi's Mansion. Um, third person, not, not side-scrolling like SteamWorld. Is this something that's up your alley? I'm actually really looking forward to this one. The gunk I thought seemed pretty cool. Uh, I am totally, totally down for it. All right. Let's, uh, okay. So Tetris Effect connected, coming to Xbox One and Series X with multiplayer. Uh, It's essentially, but uh, it's essentially also coming to every other platform. Yes. Okay, so it's not anything that's like huge to announce, except you can now play Tetris on your Xbox. And it it has some, yeah, it'll be on Xbox, I think, this fall, and then it comes to other platforms next summer. So it's a little kind of timed exclusive. Yeah, so they actually, Josh, <laughs> this is a little frustrating to me, they removed SharePlay on the PlayStation version of Tetris Effect <laughs> because of this deal. So you can no longer share play Tetris Effect on PlayStation 4. There you go. So play anywhere, except not where we don't want you to. Business. That's right. <laughs> uh, we got a trailer for Crossfire X's uh, campaign mode. So that's happening. Crossfire X, I, I did participate in the beta. Uh, it's basically Call of Duty Lite, if that's what you'd like to hear. Um, it's not a bad, it wasn't bad at all. I'm interested to see uh, where the campaign comes in because it's being done by remedy which is interesting yep. i mean it's being built from the ground up because this is an old game um that's coming to the xbox so um, i'm interested to see what they do there mm-hmm. 
We had a teaser for Warhammer 40K's Dark Tide. It's called, uh, we didn't really see any gameplay, um, but it's by the people who made Vermintide, uh, which was a fun uh, game that I played on the PC with Lucas um, and others. I'm blanking on who else played with us. I think Jason. Um, that was fun. That's a fun hack, on, hack and slash. It's yeah. basically like waves of en- en- enemies coming at you. In like a D&D world, this is more on the lines of like riot police kind of thing. Right. It looks like, at least from the video. Uh, we saw Fantasy Star Online 2. It's coming in 2021. Uh, this is their, another move, you know, to to get that that western audience onto the to the Xbox um it is a huge MMO it's been around for a while not this game but Fantasy Star Online has been very very right. popular um and it's brought to us by Sega we saw some footage from the medium which yep. is the dual reality trailer described as only do only possible on next gen hardware i won't just say x um, but it, it, it's and I'm unclear. confused now because I thought when this game was announced in May that they said it was an exclusive. Yeah, I thought it was too. But now they said console launch exclusive, <laughs> which makes me think that potentially it could come to PS5? Question mark. It could. It doesn't say Xbox exclusive, so right. Who knows? Um, adding to the confusion of the show. Uh, it looks cool. Uh, it's basically, it looks like a more complicated Silent Hill, so I don't know that I'm digging the <laughs> playing dual worlds at the same time. Yeah. Um, I prefer I, my Silent Hill when I go into one world and back <laughs> to the other one. Yeah, I think this game looks really cool. I'm just so hesitant about horror games these days. I can't handle them very well, but I do <laughs> think this game looks very cool. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I think it does look cool. I'm excited to see more. I did watch. There is some gameplay out there, longer gameplay, if you want to check it out. Um, and then we end with a Fable teaser, which really didn't show us anything, uh, except for a frog eating Tinkerbell. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited that they announced Fable. We don't get a date. We don't get any when idea about content. Is it coming out? Yeah, we don't get a date, so we, we don't know. Uh, no, when do you think it's coming out? John? Oh, oof, I don't know. I don't like this game because Playground has been working on this game for a while. We do know that for sure. Right. But it's also a Playground's first game that isn't a racing game. <laughs> Correct. So, I don't know. Is this going to be like Frostbite Engine? Is this going to be a messy <laughs> game that isn't for the genre it was built for? Um, I don't know. Twenty uh, Fall 21. That's not that far away. That's no, like a year. A year from now. Uh, I, I think that's a... Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I think it'll be longer than that. But <laughs> Fall 21, they're going to need some games next year. Unless Halo's coming out in fall 21. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think of the show overall, sir? Uh, It was, it was fine. It wasn't great. Uh, uh, Donnie had it a B. I think I had it like a C plus, Mm -hmm. maybe C. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting really. Maybe more gameplay. Mm, Maybe, maybe more next gen-ness, but I think I had the same problem with PlayStation as well. I just don't know that I know what I want from next gen games yet so um you know next year will be the big year where we see while we're watching the conferences on our next gen consoles in 4k yeah and we can see how good everything looks like maybe that's maybe that's what it is i don't know (laughs) you where do you land 
did this move the needle for you on buying an Xbox in one way or the other at all? No, it didn't. I'll keep my One X. Most of the games I was interested in are the smaller games, and I don't know that anything looked bad necessarily. I, just the thing I've had the struggles with is that Xbox's exclusives just don't talk to me as much. Yeah. They they don't hit me in my spot of where I like to play games as significantly. And that's not a bad thing. I think they have a very wide breadth of types of games that they showed in the show, which is great. But, you know, there are a number of things that I ever while look really cool. I have no idea what it is. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. I think getting some feels out there and kind of trying to set the tone for what you're trying to do, I don't think is bad. It just makes me say, yeah, that's I'm interested to know more down the road, I guess. But doesn't sell me necessarily on on upgrading at this point. So yeah, I think the show was fine. Uh, I watched the entire thing. I enjoyed my time with it. But yeah, I thought it was fine. I I, I don't know that anything set my hair on fire or anything. But it also I don't I don't think there were any real clunkers. Yeah. that came out from it. I I think it would have been nice, especially for something like Fable. Uh, I think if Fable had had a more robust trailer. Ending with Fable may have made more sense. I think starting with that Fable, with the Fable trailer the way it was, I think starting with it would have been a really cool thing. And then ending with Halo, yeah, based just off of the types of trailers That's that they I, showed, yeah, you know. And so I would agree with you there, based off of the type of trailers. However, if Fable had had a much more robust trailer, I think ending with Fable would have been the right call. Yeah, uh, I just because don't think it fit w- with style. But yeah, overall, like I said, not bad. Uh, just didn't really sell me on. I'm buying a new console for, from Xbox right now. I agree. But you know, Josh, people will be really upset if we don't talk about, you know, the amazing value that is Game Pass. Listen, I still got it on my Xbox One. Yep, I do too. <laughs> I, uh, I have it on PC. I have Ultimate. Like, I definitely see the value in Game Pass. Uh, I can't wait for Microsoft Flight Simulator to come out because that game looks so good. I can't believe they didn't show a trailer for it during the presentation at all. Can't wait to play it on my Xbox One X. You can. That's why I said I can't wait to. Yeah. I'll be playing on PC, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah. Game Pass, great. But, like, do a Game Pass show. <laughs> we already know. All the people watching the Xbox show already know the benefit of the Game Pass. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I kind of agree with the internet that it didn't really, I don't know how many people it really pulled in to buy an Xbox over a PlayStation. Right. And I think, you know, I don't know that Xbox cares necessarily if you buy an Xbox over a PlayStation. I think they care if you subscribe to Game Pass. Yeah, you don't you you don't you can have both. You right. can have both consoles and a lot of people will, so they also know that. Absolutely. Uh Josh, we did get one question from uh, a listener this week and i think it fits in here so i'm just going to kind of plug it in from yeah. splig at delicious splig says after playing tilo 2 a lot of a lot of the games showcase was and he's referring to the xbox game showcase uh, unimpressive i didn't catch all of it but outside of game passes xbox even that appealing tried tried to be subjective i'm as biased as any but i was just not not tempted so yeah. i think for better or for worse, PlayStation and Xbox are both having, I think, a hard time showing why the next generation of consoles is important because I think it's a, just a challenging thing to show right now. It's, I've said it before, similar to PlayStation trying to market VR, very, very hard thing to do. 
But I will say, I I think PlayStation has done a better job thus far of showing why next gen is, you know, what the steps up are going to be. I don't know that they've done a great job of it either, though. But kind of like I talked to you, Josh, it, it is really hard playing games like The Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, and then looking at all of these quote-unquote next-gen games and being super impressed. And that's not right. just a thing at Xbox. That's just in general. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Splig's question or thoughts there, Josh? I mean, it's – while it, it can come across sure as unimpressive – there, I'm sure, are people who are impressed by the whole show because that's a specific audience they're speaking to. So maybe just it's not for you, Schlage, but I mean, I think we'll agree. Game like Game Pass is an incredible reason to have an Xbox. But coming out of that show, really, it made me think: if I don't have an Xbox, I'm not going to get a Series X. I'm going to get an S or right. a One, like X. Because you can still get Game Pass and it will be considerably cheaper, uh, supposedly. Yeah. We don't know prices yet, but um, there is an app. Like, I just talked to my brother who was talking about getting a console for the next generation. And I was just telling him about Game Pass. He had no idea about it. And, right. and you know, he was surprised at the value you get. And, yeah, it's a great value and, and a lot of choice if that's what you want, you know. But if you're the type of person who... Uh, is specifically looking to purchase games and play 60 plus hours of them. Like you don't need game pass either though. Right. Like, Cause you're already, your time is spoken for. Right. So it, it's tough, you know, and, and, and I think it's, it's fair that, that Splig found it unimpressive. Um, and it wasn't appealing because, you know, it's just not appealing to you. So yeah. there you go. Uh, keep your eye out. Maybe something will pop up, but um, there's going to be a lot of people that just you know feel that same way, and that is going to have made their decision to buy a PlayStation Five over an Xbox. Unfortunately, right. I think these conferences that was the big thing. It was like the people who are on the fence on what to buy first or what to buy at all. These two outings were supposed to solidify that, and I just don't know that. While Microsoft's press conference was fine, I don't know that it it did what it was supposed to to move consoles at least. Right. Yeah. It, it... It's interesting. I, I'm i really curious to see where things go from here and what happens next. Yeah. That, that to me, it will be the most telling about where everyone feels that they're at as far as next generation goes. There's rumors of a PlayStation State of Play in early August. We'll see if that comes to fruition. There's rumors of a Xbox thing around Gamescom time at the end of August, you know, where we might get Lockhart. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. I just think there's a lot of we'll sees still, which is kind of ridiculous to think that we're at the end of July. These consoles are going to be out in four months. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know what launch lineup looks like. It could be September. Like. <laughs> we don't know what pre- what prices are. We don't know any of that stuff yet, which is is kind of ridiculous to think right now. Uh, that we just don't know any of that information. Josh, I saw someone made the comparison, and I was so bummed because I was going to make this comparison, and then someone <laughs> made it on social media, and I was like, this is what I get for not talking and just saving things for the podcast. Yes. Someone made the idea or proposed or put out the idea that Xbox is Netflix, whereas PlayStation is HBO. Do you feel that's an appropriate comparison? Um, I hesitate to compare... The them because 
while there are some similarities, they are vastly different. <laughs> and um, I don't know that there's – I mean, it's probably as close as you can get if you're going to try right. to compare it to streaming services. Yeah. But um, I'm just I'm just uncomfortable comparing them because it, it's there's so much like I don't know like nuance to it like you can't you can't ma- match it one for one. Yeah, no, I definitely don't think you can either. But I kind of ha- was thinking more about that idea that PlayStation really is in it for those individual big titles, similar to HBO where they have their marquee shows, and if yeah. you subscribe to things in between, fine. But really, we want you here for these big tentpole things that are extremely high quality that you can tell they've put a lot of time and a lot of money into, whereas Xbox very much is playing the game of we're going to give you a little bit of everything. A couple of the things will be really good, but a lot of it's going to be fine. (laughs) You know, like it's going to be totally fine. And that's kind of my concern about Game Pass, that I think Game Pass is an exceptional value. I, I don't disagree with that statement at all. But if everyone is looking at the Netflix of games and you look at ne- how Netflix content has changed over the last decade, yeah, that when Netflix streaming started, there was a ton of third-party content on it. But then very soon, places realized that they don't get a lot out of that anymore, that there really isn't a lot of benefit to having their content on Netflix. Netflix gets a lot of benefit of it. Sure. But you see – so you see less and less – third-party content on Netflix, and more and more Netflix-produced content on Netflix. Sure, but those so, those third parties went to other streaming services. They didn't right. just stop using Netflix. Absolutely. So that's so that, on everyone else to step up to Game Pass if they're trying to capitalize on that market. Right, for sure, absolutely. But what I'm saying is if something like that happens, if you know we've seen Ubisoft do some of their stuff already – EA kind of has their thing. We've seen these other companies try to do their own thing. Do you think we get to a point where Xbox has already picked up a ton of studios? Do they have enough studios, though, to provide the content at this point they're looking for for Game Pass? Or do you think they still need to add additional studios? No, because there's studios coming to Game Pass that aren't even part of Microsoft Game Studios. Like, you're getting plenty of people joining Game Pass um that are not even affiliated with microsoft right so you think have, that'll be true three years from now as long as those studios are seeing profit yeah i mean by all accounts we i don't know how the numbers are working but people keep saying they're making tons of money from putting their games on game pass yeah. and they and they know the games don't have to stay right you know some people are saying they're making tons of money some of them not everyone obviously yeah, yeah not everyone can be a millionaire you right know? so but yeah i mean I don't know. I I just the the same way the Netflix algorithm confuses me, the Game Pass one does. <laughs> um, so I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't know why PS Now isn't as successful as Game Pass. I don't know. Like I'm just not on that inside track of of the numbers and what's going on because they don't let us see those. I think the Game Pass math is not that hard, though. To be totally honest. Like, if you look at the regular price of Game Pass, it'd be $180 a year, which clearly means that Xbox gamers were buying less than three games a year. Right, but we don't know how much, like, um, Starbreeze Studios making for their game on Game Pass. Right, but what I'm, but because of however much that money might be, basically the, the revenue to Xbox from X number of, like, 
if you know if they sold three games a year or xbox gamers bought three games a year that 180 dollars, however it shakes out um would go to you know xbox and the studios who that game was by microsoft just getting the money and then redistributing it right it's kind of essentially the same thing right, right. so like i think really clearly what that's saying is that gamers were buying less than three games a year so by ensuring revenue of at least three games a year per user that microsoft is going to easily be able to break even or make money off of game pass right right so i don't know and i and that is pretty standard you know we're we're oddities buying as many games as we do or playing as many games as we yeah do. for sure so yeah but indeed all right josh anything else you want to say about the xbox showcase no we talked too long about it we talked almost as long as the showcase was (laughs) i know it was awesome all right so really quick then final topic of the day ghost of tsushima the new first party game from sucker punch that is on playstation came out like a weekish ago at this point you and i have both been playing it josh what are your thoughts uh well hey how far are you into it as best you can tell since playstation seriously let us see how long we've been playing a game. It's not that complicated. Like I know. everyone else does it. Just I don't even it see out. it in my save time. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, Josh, kind of where are you? How would you? Where would you guess hours wise? And what are your thoughts on the oh, game so far? I don't even know. Uh, you know, I had I was on vacation all week, and you would think I'd have more time to play games, but right, I had no time because my wife was home and my son were everyone's together, so there was less time to myself which is fine like i had a good vacation at home not doing anything um (laughs) but yeah any free time i've had i literally have had games i wanted to play on the xbox like rogue company the beta that's out and and some game pass games i just haven't touched any games but ghosts of i'm gonna say (laughs) tsushima you can say tsushima this will be katana all over again um how many? I don't know how many hours I'm in because it's confusing and what is time, but <laughs> Flat uh, um, I'm still in Act 1, but I'm doing like all the side quests right? while I'm in Act 1. So, And I don't even know like when Act 1 ends. Like, I don't have like a clear like view of the map of like what I think is going to be the end of Act 1. Um. I hesitate to say too much <laughs> about this game because it's I'm so I'm like relatively early in I guess. Right. But I don't I feel like I'm in it. I'm like I've been playing for a long time, which is uh-huh. a good thing. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know what I want to say. I'm going to say it's giving Horizon a run for its money. Wow. This That's game a pretty like, high praise, Josh. <sighs> It's such a. I was so into samurai and martial arts stuff when I was younger. Like right. it's really hitting some really hard nostalgia feels. I love pretty much everything about this game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any criticism other than a couple of technical issues I've I've been having. Yeah, but they're not game breaking. They're just kind of goofy unfortunate timing kinds of things and right. there's a few times i've done things i didn't want to do yeah um but uh i'm really loving it a lot um i'm very surprised that this is a game that has come from sucker punch because it doesn't feel like a sucker punch game at all um and i mean that in the best possible way right uh they really tackle the game that you would think 
was maybe done by a different studio. I won't necessarily say who. And <laughs> um, uh, they really nailed the feel of this game, the setting, the sounds, mm-hmm. the controls. I think I just today hit that point, like you said, where combat just kind of clicks. Yep. I think I just hit that today, and, and I wasn't like waiting for it to happen. It just kind of, kind of happened. Right. I love the leveling up, uh, the, the trees, the choices. You have so many different choices you can make, um, even down to customization. Um, some of it is just customization, but some of it actually means, you know, more. Right. Um, and it really made me question my combat style because the game really puts into your head your role right and i don't i don't know like you're a samurai that's all i don't want to spoil anything but like you're a samurai and you're expected to behave as such but you Uh don't have to and i find myself want making like feeling bad when i don't act like a samurai (laughs) and the game doesn't help you with those feelings it kind of pushes those feelings uh so yeah, I, I'm loving every second of it so far. What about you? I'm probably, I would guess, halfway through Act 2. Maybe a little over halfway through Act 2. And I'm really enjoying the game as well. I think it's just some comfort food right now. It was kind of just hitting me at the right time, right type of game. I agree with the comparisons to Horizon Zero Dawn in that there is just a type of game that I really jive with. And this game hits that. I enjoy the combat a lot. Similar to you, I've had a couple technical issues here and there, but mine are nothing game-breaking, just trying to jump on a rock or jump down a rock and you just kind of float for a second. Just things like that that have happened. So the camera is a little took a little bit to get used to because there's no lock-on, yeah. which is a little weird. But So sometimes there have been times where I'm the camera will swing and it will be I'm fighting someone, but then the camera is behind a shed or something. Yeah, so that happens to me a couple times too. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple a couple things like that that really if you were giving the game a score on a you know one to ten scale, it'd be very hard to say it's a ten or something like that. But just the feeling I have when I play it, I really like the characters. Like you said, this is the first game that has I've tried other games that have multiple stances. This is the first time I've played a game that has multiple stances where I don't have to think about switching. I just yeah. can do it. It just is ingrained in me now of that, you know, for this character, it's this. For this character, it's this. This type, I do this. And it really has just kind of started to flow for me with the combat. And I am able to make different decisions based off what I need in combat. So, like you said, I don't feel really locked into one. I feel very competent in both areas. But depending on what either the situation needs or what my resolve meter is at, I might pick a different route over another. So I'm really liking this game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It just is hitting all the right notes for me at the right time. I do think the game is very pretty. It definitely isn't. It's not The Last of Us Part (laughs) 2 as far as animations and all that go. But it's a really pretty looking game. And I think the environments are are extremely varied. And they really, especially when you progress to Act 2 and things, you get into areas that just feel completely different, even though you're on the same island that you felt from before. And a lot of the side characters I have found that I enjoy, I don't want to say I like them, but I like their character. They're interesting. Yeah, they're interesting characters that I understand kind of what they're saying, where they're coming from. Uh, You know, 
there definitely sometimes feels like the whole checkbox open world thing is going on, but I tend to like that. It's yeah, a thing too. that I enjoy. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of hitting all the right notes. So I'm really enjoying Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I will ho- I'm will. i hoping to try to finish it as soon as I can. Apparently it's a 50 to 60 hour game. I would guess I'm in that 25 hour range, 30 hour range, I would guess. Uh, but yeah, really liking it. I think Sucker Punch has done a great job. So yeah. that'll be what I'm playing for the foreseeable future. Because I don't know. We're going to have to do uh metafall here pretty soon oh my god <laughs> because I, we i mean we have huge games hitting in september but i really wanted to know when console i'm trying to figure out how i'm going to handle consoles releasing and since we don't know some of those games like we know that halo is holiday and we know that spider-man miles morales is holiday but that's all we know we don't know anything other than that but i want to make sure that we have marvel's avengers as part of yeah metafall. So that's we're gonna have to do that really in the next two weeks probably to give people time to enter. So I'm gonna have to come up with a solution now. We're gonna handle those situations. When is Avengers coming out? September fourteenth or something oh, like that. Okay, interesting. I think it's right in that ballpark. Did you look it up? No, no, no. Okay, so cool. All right, Josh. Anything else we want to say on any of our topics, or should we uh, wrap this thing up? I think. We should wrap things up. Awesome. So we'll go on to our well-rounded life recommendations. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's kind of helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for the listeners? So I don't know how many people are in the same boat uh, as I, but for me, at least at my job, we're required to take at least a week off in the summer. Uh, Obviously, that's not necessarily something that people want to do. Uh, There are also people that are still going on vacation to other places, which is their decision, I suppose. Um, Make sure, especially if you've been, like, I would say cooped up during this global pandemic to take some time to yourself. In my case, it was a week of vacation time that I used. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't do much, but I didn't work, you know, and I took time to spend with the family and... Uh, we did, we you know, we were a little adventurous. We did have like a meal or two at a restaurant, but we made sure it was a place that had outdoor seating and that was everything was like how we felt comfortable. If you feel comfortable going out, like I know certain states, like it's fine. People don't even have cases anymore. And I, I'm very envious of places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so be safe, of course, but, you know, take some time for yourself, go out and, Get a burger or get a beer or get an ice cream and do it safely. And just remember, there's other stuff waiting for us on the other end of this. So, uh, yeah, try to try to lighten your mood if you're in in a in a rut, like I think so many people might be. in. Awesome. Uh, that's a great recommendation. I wholeheartedly agree. Got a little takeout from one of our favorite little local Italian places this weekend. Nice. And it was it was wonderful. So, Josh, uh, real quick aside, uh, September 4th. Oh, geez, that's so close. That is so close. That's when Avengers comes out. And, in fact, they have another one of their war tables uh, this week. Oh, that means that the beta is coming soon. Yeah, because the beta is the first weekend in August, which is two weekends away or second weekend in August. It's right around the corner. So, <laughs> there you go. My recommendation for a well-rounded life is the day this episode posts, I believe, is when the final, quote-unquote, final season of Last Chance You will be hitting Netflix. So, number one, if you've never watched this show, catch up, watch it. I think it's amazing. 
But if you have watched it, hey, now you can watch the fifth and final season. I say final because I think they're transitioning away from football and going to basketball. Is what I've heard. Find a sport that's still being played. Yeah. So (laughs) for sure. Uh, But these are always like a year removed. So, you know, but. (laughs) The one season uh, will come out. (laughs) Exactly. So I think they're transitioning to basketball for future iterations of the show or something similar to the show, but in the basketball world. Uh, But really, like I said, Last Chance You is a show I absolutely adore. I I think it's an interesting look into college athletics at uh, places where. College athletics are not, you know, the SEC conference football teams, and things are a little different. And I think it's really interesting to look at that. So I highly encourage you to check out Last Chance You on Netflix. Josh, what do you say we wrap the show up? What a great idea. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So please feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji, so please use that hashtag. Let us know what you're up to when we search said hashtag. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feet. You can find me on Xbox Live a little bit now and PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all of the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.